Hello. <clears throat> Good afternoon, Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Thanks for joining in today on the Digital Marketing Podcast and Video Series, where we talk about digital marketing strategies and tactics to help grow your business. Today, we're going to talk about the business growth amplifier effect and how to avoid the too big, too fast trap. You know, I think that's one thing that we have definitely seen uh, over the last 12 months of all of the episodes uh, in in looking at over nearly 7,000 downloads of this podcast and video series. Um, You know, businesses are beginning to see real growth in their business. And maybe you listening for the first time uh, have have, uh, found this on Spotify or iTunes or YouTube and you're going through a business growth spurt, and you're trying to avoid the too big, too fast trap. Well, what is the too big, too fast trap anyway? Well, I think it really begins with, um, you know, organizations and businesses who are enamored by, you know, growing very quickly, seeing a huge influx in orders or opportunity, uh, and then they go out and, you know, buy a bigger building or, you know, buy a fleet of vehicles and literally go in debt in um, purchasing, you know, things and, 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 um, you know, brick and mortar uh, items that, that really begin to anchor and pull down um, your profitability uh, as well as add, you know, huge overhead and and then stress to your business when you're in the middle of a growth spur. So while the 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 temptation is is to buy big and scale, this this episode is designed to maybe you think in a contrarian way about business growth. So let's jump into these five things to think about as you're going through the business growth amplifier effect and how to avoid the too big, too fast trap. So number one, I I think, you know, this was definitely something that, you know, we learned uh, and many businesses have learned as as we went through this past year uh, reading the traction book by Gino Wickman uh, and talking about your process, mapping your process, making sure that your service or your products, that you've got a mapped process for everything you do so that everyone that's in your organization is in sync and is like a well-tuned machine that everyone is rowing in the same direction. Um, and and that, that really helps to create a, a strong foundation when you're going through uh, a growth spurt that you know, as you bring on new people or try to add, uh, you know, capacity that things don't get off the tracks. You know, when you've got that process in place that that really helps establish, um, uh, you know, bringing people in to a system of doing things, you can ensure that the new people, the new businesses that come on board with you, who are buying your services or products experience the same experience as those who have been with you for five years, 10 years, two decades. 
Um, so, and, and just remember that kidding, you know, when you, when you cut corners or when you take shortcuts, that is the quickest way to um, kill the, the great upward growth that your business is going through. Um, short, shortcutting and, and cutting corners is absolutely the thing that will derail and, and really work against the momentum that you've worked so hard uh, to gain during this time. So again, ensure that your processes are mapped and just tight, you know, a well-oiled machine. Number two, okay, it's time to expand your team. There's no doubt that in any situation in a growth business, part of the equation is going to be human capital. And so when you get to that point, I think that what you're going to find is if you hire based on skills only, and you bring that person in, you're, you're, you have a much greater likelihood that you could cause a disruption in the chemistry of the team than if you hire the new person based on core values. Again, it goes back to if your processes are tight and right, then you know that if you hire based on core values, it's pretty easy to teach someone a systematic way of doing things. I mean, obviously they have to have a basic core competency. We're not talking about, you know, bringing the happy smiley person that has no, no skills whatsoever. But when you're looking at that resume and you're, and you're face to face with that person, you know, uh, in the interview, when you know that the core values, that the characteristics of that person match your team, Go with that first. Don't hire. And it's it's so hard because, you know, so many times businesses who go through growth spurts, they hire to get warm bodies in the building to handle the processing of the orders. And ultimately, that ends in a disruption of being able to get things done or when things really start to heat up, the team crumbles because the chemistry is gone or, you know, has been weakened because that new person that you brought in, their core competency, uh, their core, you know, um, characteristics aren't the same as the team that got you to the growth point. So uh, making sure that when you expand your team, you focus on core values and team chemistry and put a high priority on that. Number three, a change in marketing. Okay, this is probably the, the biggest one that I think a lot of businesses struggle with is, you know, they they are so excited that, you know, what they've been doing um, that's, that's brought them to the success that they've had so far, you know, that they're just going to repeat that pattern over and over. Well, that's not going to work. You can't sustain that same growth pattern, um, you know, consistency consistently over the long haul if you're trying to um, execute and leverage the same old status quo uh, marketing. So here's here's a couple of things that you need to think about uh, that you may or may not have done to get your business in this sort of, you know, growth upswing. And, and here are really three sort of points. And it really boils down to these, these marketing tactics are much they're more of a long-term play. And I think it's important that 
Um, when you're going through that sustainable upswing, it's really important because now you're taking on a much larger market share than what you had to begin with, right? I mean, that's what you've got more clients, you've got more orders. So people are finding out about you. So you've got to have a, 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 a much wider view and a much, um, you know, uh, a, a greater uh, reach and longer term play. And so here are the three things that you should focus on. Number one, the search engine optimization. Number two would be having a podcast. And number three, um, posting long form written content on LinkedIn. Those three things are really about a marketing plan that does two things. Number one, um, the the internet of things and, and the ripple effect of those three platforms kind of pooled together on top of what you're already doing and some of the stuff that, that has worked. Adding these three layers onto that will allow you the long-term play because once it's produced and on the internet, it's there forever, right? We talked about this before in a previous episode that, yeah, maybe you had Facebook ads and Instagram ads, um, which, you know, got you some instant kind of growth or, uh, you know, an injection of quick orders. But the long-term play is you're going to need uh, search engine optimization, a podcast, and a blog to, to really have that long-term play. And what's really great about those things, those three things working together is uh, the search engine optimization. If, if you take your podcast and have it transcribed into written form and then edit it in a really easy to read, not the way it was you know, verbally recorded when you did the episode, um, you can actually submit that on LinkedIn as organic long form written content on LinkedIn which what that does is not only does it attract potential, whether it's B2B or B2C, um, clients that might be interested in what new things you're doing and how you're keeping on track with trends in the marketplace, um, but not only does that attract new business opportunities, but it could also attract and very likely will attract new staff and new team members because you know, here you are you know, pumping up the volume and original content on a platform where people are thinking about career advancement opportunities, you know, you've now got an opportunity to, again, have a greater market presence, a greater market awareness in your particular segment. And then you take that same long form that you posted. And again, we're talking about 1,500, 1,800 words. If you have a podcast that's about 20 minutes long, it's going to transcribe out to that link, which is perfect. You post that on your website in a blog, and then you hyperlink the keywords like today's episode where I talk about marketing would link back to our core marketing page on our website. Um, and, and that inbound linking and that frequency of that long form uh, blog content on your website, that is an excellent way to ensure that your local SEO reach will continue to rise um, but as well as global as well, maybe your business is a regional or national or global business, you're going to need a frequency of long form written content that anchors back to links back to core cornerstone um, pages of your website so that not only do humans know your business is expanding, but the search engines know that your business is an authority and an expert on this particular subject matter that you are wanting to gain greater market share in. Um, 
So again, we've talked about uh, ensuring your processes are tight. Uh, you know, make sure that you, when you expand your team, that you focus on core values and team chemistry. Number three, it's time to change your marketing or add on to or enhance your marketing efforts. And number four is finances and facility. Don't be confused or, or tricked into the shiny new thing of, man, we need a bigger building. We need more cars. Think about this, guys, the gig economy. We've talked about this on a previous episode. If you're not familiar with the term gig economy, um, it's really about individuals powering uh, their own ability to be wage earners or, um, you know, whether it's Lyft or Uber or um, Airbnb, like all the different things where people, individuals are leveraging their assets to bring on additional, um, you know, revenue opportunities. And so, you know, here's a, here's a, a statistic. If you are not familiar with, it is estimated that by 2020, which is right around the corner, 46% of the labor force in the United States will be powered by the gig economy, which means four out of 10 of the employees in an organization may work remotely or out of their own home or vehicle. And so that trend, you know, it was 37% uh, as recorded in 2018. So we've seen a nearly 30%, 20 whatever percent increase in gig economy powering the workforce. That's going to continue to happen. So businesses who are smart, who let go of control and say, okay, just because I can't see you working in your desk, doing your job. You know, if if I have my my processes in place and, and the right people on the team, I know that things are going to get done and, and you don't have to, you know, have this fear of, you know, are they just sitting around watching Netflix and I'm paying them to do their job? Right. Um, I know that seems really old school, but it, I can't tell you how, you know, the traditional industrial model of cubicle world you know, has has really stopped, um, you know, many businesses from growing. And also, you know, by by buying a bigger building, you know, you're taking on additional debt and maybe getting rid of debt is how you actually got to the growth upswing and momentum that you're in right now. So I think that's really important. Now, and then number five, this is really important as well, and that is looking at your hardware, software, infrastructure. You know, so when you're looking at, you know, okay, number one, we need to make sure that all of our, um, you know, processes are documented. When you're looking at a SaaS product, you know, or, or you know, software as a service, you know, think about this. Um, you know, maybe you had a virtual private network that was a hardware space that you were buying from or, or paying a vendor you know, you might decide, hey, guess what? To lower our overhead costs, we're going to go to um, Google and go with their G Suite product, which is going to have unlimited storage capacity. Um, you know, you can pay $12 a month or $7 a month for email accounts for each of your staff members, which is probably, you know, an eighth of what you're paying or a third of what you're paying, whatever the number is. I guarantee you it's cheaper than probably what you're paying. Um, you know, for that service. But in addition to that, instead of having to pay for all the licenses of all the Microsoft Office products, you're going to have Google's suite of tools that are spreadsheets and Word docs and 
PowerPoint presentation, like all of that is integrated. And so you don't have any additional licenses to buy. So, and you've got un, un, unlimited storage capabilities for all of those documents as well, which you can then share with, you know, certain team members, or you could have certain folders that are shared with C-level suite um, staff. So all of these sort of metrics or all of these um, infrastructure web-based um, platforms allow you to scale the team without having to invest heavily in additional um, infrastructure and hardware costs. Now, I think the other thing that you want to think about as well is, you know, do you have a project management tool, whether you're looking at Active Collab or whether you're looking at, you know, some of the other, um, you know, project management tools like Slack or, you know, um, you know, there's so many different ones out there that are great. Um, whichever one you choose, um, it, having a web-based tool that can allow your team to work independently, but then also give your uh, supervisors or C-suite the ability to kind of understand where the project is without having to pick up the phone or holler down the hallway, hey, what's going on with the so-and-so project? You know, those types of, of infrastructure things can help, again, go through that upscale, go through that um, process of growth for your company. And I think lastly, too, with regards to infrastructure software would be a CRM tool. If your company has not looked at a customer relationship management tool to be able to really make sure that each customer or each constituent, however you look at the people that you do business with who are the backbone of your growth spurt that you're going through, um, you need to make sure that that they're in a process or a, a systematic touch point, whether it's, hey, every month we're going to reach out and, and, you know, say thank you or talk about new services or, you know, just provide added value content to, you know, uh, educate you on on how to get the most out of you know uh, your relationship with our company, um, or how to get the best, or how to improve your life by um, you know different ways to use the product or service that they've got uh, that they've purchased from you. So again, that last point is looking at hardware, software, and infrastructure. Thinking about tools and and platforms, whether it's you know. Uh, the, the G Suite or the Google Apps platform or project management systems like Active Collab or uh, Slack or uh, and then also um, considering your CRM product, again, whether it's Civi CRM or, um, you know, uh, Salesforce, you know, whatever your CRM platform of choices that makes sense for your industry you know, if you don't have that, you're going to need that when it's when when you're in that, you know, that that growth amplifier effect is happening to your business. Again, so, uh, yeah, I hope you found this episode interesting and enlightening. I hope I gave you some valuable tips for your business. And a quick recap is. When you're going through the business amplifier effect and, and how to avoid the too big, too fast trap, there really are five things. And again, that recap is number one, ensure that your processes are tight. Number two, expand when you're expanding your team, focus on core values and team chemistry. Number three, you must look at your marketing efforts and think long term SEO, podcast, LinkedIn, long form, organic written content. 
Number four, when it comes to finances and facilities, don't get enamored with the big shiny new thing and go out and buy a big building and a new fleet of cars. Think strategically, how can you do more with less? And don't forget the gig economy represents 46% of the workforce in 2020. And lastly, number five, when it comes to hardware, software, and infrastructure, make sure that you have unlimited resource, web-based uh, platforms for your team to share documents and communicate, whether that's through Slack, a CRM channel, uh, or other project management tools. Guys, thanks so much. I hope you had a great week. My name is Michael Wynn. I'm the Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Opnime Associates. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch you on Monday.